relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Ah, it... I'm going to say it every time. It's the best theme song I've ever heard. Uh, it surpassed Night Court for me, Mike. Um, and I didn't think that was possible. It's it Now it goes our theme song, Night Court, Gold Girls. See, I mean... So if, we're doing great. If they were able to drop our names and had, like, a smooth dude saying our names in the Night Court theme, I think it would be, like, it would be a tie for one then at that point. Yeah, like right after uh, the night court theme, it was like, bow out, Billy Wayne and Mike. I'd be like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> hey, man. This is Grown Local. I don't, this is the third episode, uh, episode three. Uh, uh, I'm Billy Wayne Davis, and this is Mike McGowan. Mike, tell the people, what are you, what are you growing on this week? What is, I saw some pictures of stuff. I hate when you send me pictures. I'll just be honest. I love it. No, don't stop when you're when you're in your in your garden. But I can't smell it when you send me pictures, and that always it's like it bugs me a little bit because you're like, this one smells like garlic, and I'm like, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> it's kind of this nice little tease thing that I get to do. I gotta be like, you guys, if you could only smell it right now. But yeah, uh, we got some sour garlic cookies that just popped off right now. Super garlicky. It's fucking amazing. What is that? Like, a, is that a hybrid? I know you say everything's a hybrid, but you've got to explain it to Dum Dum. So is it like a... So nowadays, with everything that's been crossed back into each other and back and forth, everything's a fucking hybrid, unless it's an actual land race. So it's very hard to find any real true blue sativas or indicas unless it's a land race. So I kind of get a little bit annoyed when people are like, well, what is it? It's just the plant. What man. is a land race, man? Quit just saying stuff like <laughs> everyone knows what you're talking about. A land race. Also, like if someone just like tuned in and didn't know what this podcast is, some of what you're saying is like, I don't know what those two white guys are talking about, but we need to turn it off. <laughs> So a land race is the original OG out in nature cut of cannabis. So it's like cannabis that you'd find in the wild, cannabis just growing in the earth before man got his hands on it and started breeding it against each other and muddying up the the grounds for THC. And how long ago how long ago could you just come upon something like that? I mean, you can still come upon it right now. There's wonderful people out there going throughout the world trying to find land races. I mean, here in America, we do have some hemp land race and some, you know, uh, stuff like in Wisconsin. We'll be talking to my buddy from Wisco later. He grew up yeah. finding land race Wisconsin cannabis, just, you know, hemp and everything out in the ditches just from back when we first used to farm and do that type of stuff. Huh. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's like, is it like heirloom tomatoes kind of? Yeah, it's basically like nature. It's wildflowers. A land race is a wildflower just out there in nature growing, 
you know, um, that people can just come upon and be like, oh, shit, this is indigenous to the land. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, well, that answered that question in a more detailed way than I ever thought we could. Uh, I really appreciate it. This is why I love I was just like, so what are you growing? You're like, here, learn some stuff. And I'm like, okay, thank you. That's my favorite part is when I don't expect to learn. <laughs> and you just put that shit in my brain, man. Well, if you go and check so, out King's Cannabis right now, you'll see we were just posting about we're growing a Nigerian land race crossed with Purple Punch. So it's an actual land race that was then crossed with one of the designer strains that was a little bit famous, you know, a year or two ago. And uh, so it's got these beautiful long sativa leaves, but then it's a nice kind of short squat purplish plant that's going to end up finishing off pretty early. Oh, uh, I hope the quarantine's done so I can know what it tastes like. Oh, ah, uh, sorry. Just give me a moment. Um, so, who tell us about? <clears throat> speaking of like what you're growing, and I just it, I did. I lost my my train of thought because I started thinking about being in your your room where you open the doors, and I'm always like, every time it's good, I know it's coming. Every time he opens those doors, it's just pow. And then I finally understood, like. I've known you for three or four years. You've been doing this for a while, and you're like, nah, and you've been talking about it. It's like, oh, I'm doing this no-till. And you just say it like you say, like, land race and all that. So I just nod my head like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I know what you're talking about. But I heard, like, you and our guest this week, Riley, and I'm not going to even attempt to say his last name. It's all you. Uh, very cool dude. Uh, y'all, st- He's also doing no-till. Which means that you just keep the same. Just, I, just might say it. Don't make me sound dumber than I already am. I usually like to let you kind of go off on your own little trail and see where you get with I it. S- I can feel you doing it too, because I'm like, I'm just like, I'm gonna drown out here. I'm just gonna sit here and see how much she's retained. Um. It's all in there. It's just like communicate to other people. That's why I'm like, I don't fully understand it yet. I can't teach it. (laughs) So no-till is kind of like a a new vibe that everybody's been going for in the cannabis market, at least the more heady people. Um, So what it is, is it's literally reusing your soil uh, as almost something that you would find in nature. It's a lot of top dressing with dry amendments, uh, seabird guano, bat whoa stop top dressing is that just like okay i mean so top dressing is when you come along and like tinkle tinkleberry what twink what's the fairy's name all right we'll edit this out so tinkerbell no we're not editing <laughs> that out tinkerbell so it's like perfect <laughs> it's like tinkerbell coming around and just sprinkling on the top of your soil all the most banging compost earthworm castings seabird guano and all the foods that you need so that you can water it into the plants uh, and let it naturally break down using the microorganisms that you have in your soil your earthworms it's about getting a entire ecosystem going in your soil in your pots or whatever container plant 
planting, gardening that you're doing, um, and just reusing that soil over and over again. So you are able to put in less and less inputs every single time and allow the plant's natural flavors and uh, you know taste to come out and to show itself. That's beautiful. Like, like you always start off like really nerdy and then I kind of it starts becoming into focus a little bit more and more clear and then I'm like oh that's so cool because it, it, it just it's just one of those funny things where it's like man as soon as we got involved with the cannabis even we we're like let's see we'll fuck it up for a while we're gonna fuck it up for a long while and then everyone started to be like hey stop putting acid in there well i mean it, all kinds of stuff this really is the diametric opposite to like hydro cannabis um you know it's basically for people that i think would really enjoy starting aquariums or building small ecosystems because that's what you're doing you're using a lot of cover crops that grow up and then will die off and be fed back into the soil. You're putting earthworms in there. You also have to buy a lot of, you know, uh, bugs to help keep equal balance in your soil to make sure that if there is any pesky bugs in there, you can get beneficial bugs that will feed on the other bugs. And it's all about trying to fine tune and, you know, make a balanced ecosystem. That's, and you, but you're doing it inside of inside know, of a building warehouse. <laughs> yeah. It's really let me kind of figure out how delicate an ecosystem is and how amazing it is and receptive it can be. You're like the opposite of the sniper, but you're still playing God. I mean, you, you're helping it along. You move all the little pieces in. The way I always kind of like this when you grow cannabis, it's like being a hotel manager. You're just trying to make the most dank room for the plants. You try and keep it nice, cool, not too hot, not too cold. Make sure they got the best food whenever they want to eat. And I've never been to a hotel this nice. I've never <laughs> been to a And that's all I did. That's all I've done in my my adult life is staying in hotels mostly, and I've never been to one where the hotel manager's like, "How's the how's the temp in that room, baby?" <laughs> I just really like it when the girls are happy because then at the end of it, they make me happy. So, me too. <clears throat> Let's get into Riley. Let's talk. I liked Riley immediately. He didn't trust me until he was almost uh, in his car leaving. And I could feel he was like, that guy's all right. It was like at the last second, you could tell he's like, that guy's cool. And I get it. I get the business. I get where he has been through after hearing it. I was like, like you guys will hear it in the in the interview. You won't hear me a whole lot. Because there's like several times where I say stuff to Riley and then he answers Mike. He doesn't know he's doing it. He just trusts Mike. And I'm a goofball. And I wouldn't trust me either. So it makes total sense. Uh, and they start immediately nerding the fuck out in a way that I was like, I'm not even here. It doesn't matter. Uh, I wasn't stoned enough to even have fun with it. I was just more like, ah, I'm just like someone like just taking that air is what I felt like I was doing while you guys were talking. Just taking your air while you guys were like, you want to do a weed nerd? 
and you guys are like, look at this. So what we're going to have to do with Riley uh, is about midway through the interview, we're going to stop. I'm going to ask Mike some questions about what the fuck they were just talking about. And then he's going to try to talk above my head then. And I'm going to have to calm him down and be like, no, I'm a dumb. And then he'll explain it again. And then we'll go to the second half of the interview, and we'll do that again at the end. And then that's kind of that's kind of how this one's going to go. So to start this one off, Riley, you guys are talking about marigolds. And I was like, I know what that's. A, that's not even... Okay, I'll be honest. When you first started talking about it, I thought it was a strain that I'd never heard of. <laughs> and, I was, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And then I was like, no, it's a flower. I've heard of this before. Right? Absolutely. So marigolds, I'll, I'll nerd out real quick. Marigolds. Just explain what, because we're going right into it, and just kind of give, just explain to me like you know how dumb I am, what it is. So we've all seen marigold flowers. They're beautiful, nice little flowers, but they are also the most banging meal for insects. So if you're growing in a greenhouse, if you're growing indoors and you suspect that you may have a pest that you don't know about yet, you can put that plant into the room and the pest will immediately be attracted to it. And if you have spider mites, aphids, anything like that, they'll swarm the marigold and then you can use that to identify which pest you're dealing with or you can then take that as the host plant to try to get rid of the plants. Um, it's kind of a way of tricking the insects and being like, hey, I actually want you to go towards these marigolds instead of my cannabis plants. So sometimes people plant them in their greenhouses to keep them away from their larger money-making cannabis plants. It's So it is, in the cannabis world, it is Bugs Bunny dressing up like a lady. Basically, and in all farming, honestly. That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah. Companion okay. planting. It's so, fun. And then you guys also talk about not hugging each other because of bugs and all that. Yeah, it's, that's just, that's one of our favorite jokes, especially in the grow world. You'll go into, you know, a grow shop and see your homie there and you'll be like, oh, were you in your garden today? Um, I'm not giving you a hug then because... Uh, grow shops are where you get uh, the insects and the bugs from other people's grow rooms, the STDs of the cannabis world, where you walk in and you pick up a bag of soil and it's got, you know, root aphids in it from another guy who is just in there touching it. So whenever somebody's been in their room and you're going back to your room, you don't hug, you give air hugs and you say, I don't want your spider mites this time. Ah. Oh. Well, let's air hug into this interview. Air hug uh, into the interview. Enjoy, Riley. Say his last name, Mike. Say it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my buddy, Riley McCordale. of like anti-bug plants see if that helps us this summer summertime the fucking mites come on hard and know. marigolds you gotta get marigolds around the outside of yeah, the green marigolds house. there's a few like sage there's a few things you can grow mm. i think rosemary we well so we just got uh cilantro 
as a cover crop because supposedly bugs don't really like that that much. So if you like till it into the top of the soil, so it tastes like soap. So I hate bugs even more. But yeah, so the bugs are just like, oh fuck this. Yeah. Yeah, it probably tastes like soap to the bugs. Well, so, and, like, with the cannabis and anything else, the terpenes that come off of it all have important things that, you know, keep pests away, mm-hmm. signal different things. and then Some of like, them call them in, I swear to God. They do? Uh, I never saw an aphid until I planted this one strain, and then, like, a week and a half into flower, I was like, what the hell's on that? And I look close, and it's just... Has them like that's only planned the garden, just those four that we were testing out covering aphids. So we just got the bang uh, aphids, <laughs> <laughs> the new scourge of Eugene, and we got that from Colorado and California. But um, hemp, yeah, bong aphids, yeah, hemp bong aphids. That's what I'm fighting right now, yeah. That's but what I was doing this morning when we fell. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we hugged. <laughs> 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 but um, we got those really bad, and uh, in our mom room, they just swarmed our sour banana cookies. Oh, good. They they loved that strain, and like they'd be next to another plant, completely different, and they were just like, all right, cool, we don't need that one. So it was weird. I definitely do think some bugs are attracted to different terpenes also, where they're just kind of all about it. Yep, yeah. definitely. So you're originally from Eugene? No. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Arizona, then California, then I lived in Elkton from like first grade to seventh grade. Wow. Little tiny town, like 170 people. <laughs> um, Jesus. That's yeah. So that's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a small town. <laughs> it, it's small. And then it's we like moved. You lived in a neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> neighborhood a in trailer the middle park. of the yeah. world. Yeah, we just put a neighborhood in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay, so a trailer park in the middle of the woods. <laughs> then from there to Colorado Springs for a little bit, and then to Roseburg. And then I was in Roseburg through high school. Then oh. Eugene at like 17, 18. Wow. Yeah, the, uh, you were you were all over the place even at an early age. A little bit. Yeah. But, it's, but you stayed here. Like some people that yeah. grow up moving continue to move like that. Um. Nah, I've always liked Eugene. Like, even while I've lived here, I've left and lived a couple different places for, like, short periods of time. But it, it's always like, man, I'd rather move back to Eugene. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I like it. So when you were younger, you know, here in high school, was there a cannabis market that you knew about? Was there growers that you knew about? Or was it still pretty underground at that time? I did. Uh, I was in high school in Roseburg. I only um, was in high school for like a year or so. Um, but, yeah, I knew a bunch of medical growers in 10th grade. So that was uh, 2000 in 10th grade. Um, so I knew medical growers and then outdoor growers. That was all I knew back then. Um, when I moved up to Eugene... I knew quite a few medical growers. I met quite a few um, within the first couple of years I was here. And then I got my card when I was 21. Wow. Been growing since then. What, what year was that? Um, let's see. I would have graduated in 2002 at 18. Like 2005, 2006. Yeah, it's been in there for a long time. Yeah. I. You weren't growing nothing before then? N- 
No, I mean, I tried. Like, when I was, <laughs> like, <laughs> 14, 15, I tried to grow a couple seeds I found underneath, like, a little lamp in my room. And then my parents were like, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's flowers. <laughs> I had to switch it out with something else real quick. I got scared. Like, my parents were very religious, so it didn't work. But, uh... Um, and then a couple times, like maybe outside, I'd pop some, but it had been males, you know. So yeah, I had yeah. no luck up yeah. until I got my card and got some clones from a friend and started messing around. Nice. What was it like in the early days? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a lot of I struggled a lot at first, definitely, but everything that grew it was really easy to sell. I, I was uh, <laughs> I sold ounces all the time for like three hundred bucks an ounce, no problem for. Stuff that totally be mids, you know, probably harvested at like week six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that looks good. All early week. <laughs> I got to cut it now before it dies. Yeah. I got to get this ace. <laughs> I made it this far. <laughs> got to get it down. It looks done. Um, was it, yeah. you know, it was a while ago, so it was pretty low key, or were you just ounces to homies and friends type thing? Yeah, I wasn't like, uh, you know, I'd always try to. If I heard of somebody wanting, you know, a bunch, I'd try to find, you know, one of my other friends, you know, like try to get in on just middleman and big deals because you can make a lot of money back then. Middleman and like a decent size, you know, big deals are like five or ten pounds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was a big deal. Like always trying to hop on those. But yeah, no, it was small, like ounces to friends. Sometimes I'd get a pound and that would go real quickly. Um, you know, from the harvest, we'd I'd usually get a couple pounds, but I'd always break off all my patients you know i had a few patients i always break them off theirs first and then what were your patients like back then um a couple of them were yeah a couple of them were like uh like a friend my age but she had like lots of like pain and stuff and then yeah like a couple older people an older dude that had fibromyalgia i think something like that i don't know um yeah a couple older people and then uh, a friend my age and then my card, I had my own card for my headaches. <laughs> <laughs> Scattered it. Well, I forget what it was. I don't know. I had headaches. <laughs> I, it's bad headaches, doctor. I need cannabis. Yeah. You know, well, you don't have migraines. After I, like, read all the info on migraines, tried to, like, spit it out. I'm like... <laughs> It's like, I think you have, like, scattered headaches or something. Cluster. I don't know. Cluster. Yeah. Cluster. Cluster headaches. That's what I got that for. The place I got my card at in California had a list of the symptoms behind the guy. So he was like, he just went like this. He's like, which one do you have? Yeah. And pointed, and I was like, oh, cool, that one. <laughs> I got my card in California one year down for the Emerald. When I was down there for the Emerald Cup, and it was about that easy. Just walk in and, like, pay some money, and they give you a card. It was great. Yeah, I lived in Seattle, Washington when I did I just that. showed them my Oregon card. They're like, oh, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, medical stuff's the same what, no matter what state you're in, you know? You still yeah. have cluster headaches. That's doesn't right. matter yeah. what state. <laughs> Technically true, because they won't take my card in other states. <laughs> <laughs> tried in several, just to see. Every time they're like, we can't do just that. Just show my organ ID. It's legal. <laughs> here. It's legal here, and I'm my own person. <laughs> what was the grow rooms like back then? Uh, I had a... Uh, I had four tube lights on a mover that moved them probably like eight feet back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the all fit. sun moving yeah. as far as possible. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, it was tiny plants. Um, it was pretty bad, and then I realized that was a terrible idea when it started breaking down all the time, and mm -hmm. I just stretched my lights out and got regular hoods. But they're pretty ghetto. I mean, like, 
I was in construction, like I was plumbing, but I knew a bunch of people in construction, so it was built out nice, but just the lights and the ventilation, everything was ridiculous. Well, the lights are the most expensive part and were the most expensive part back so in the So expensive days. back then. Couldn't say weed at the grocery stores. <laughs> you really? ridiculous. Nah, no. I got like kicked out of one. Into like a head shop where they're like, do not say these words. Or yeah, I got kicked out of one. And Which one, one of the first ones, that old angry dude that was back off West 11th. Uh-huh. Huge coke guy. I don't know. He's in prison. He, he ended up in prison for stabbing somebody. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> no, I, that's I got that. Yeah, so. um, but yeah, I said something about like Ed Rosenthal's book or somebody's book or something. I'm like, you, guys got, you got his book. You're not allowed to say his name. You need to get out of here. I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. And now at gross shops, they have his growing products, Ed Rosenthal. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say his name. Now he has an entire line of different things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was never really sketch about it. I was like pretty much, I don't think I really vented my air too or like scrubbed my air too well. I did get visited by the cops because of that. So, um, what was that like? Yeah. Can we hear about that? Um, I don't, it was weird. It was just in the morning, like two detectives roll up. They're like, Hey, you're growing here. I'm like, yeah, I'm growing here. I got some cards. And, uh, so my card was good. And one other person's was good. And then two other people I was growing for the cards had lapsed and they didn't tell me about it. So oh, fuck. the cops let me pick out 12 plants, my 12 favorite ones. And then they like destroyed the other 40 something that I had. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was hilarious. They were like stripping the buds down. And the whole time they're like, this shit's really sticky, man. You do a good job. That's like <laughs> what they said a few times to me. I don't know. They left gloves all over my room and left me with my plants and gave me some charges. I think they charged my girlfriend because she was talking to him. She said she watered. And so they charged her. Oh, what the and fuck? Yeah, it was stupid. I took care of something for my man for five seconds. Now yeah. I'm charged with a crime. I'm pretty sure they came. My neighbors didn't like me. I was like 23. We were 24. We were really loud. Parties all the time say, at my house. I, was say, there's probably I lived on 11th and Fillmore, like this little quiet street. Yeah. And I was just ridiculous back then. So <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't really the weed so much as us just being loud, you know, just being... Obnoxious. Pissed off neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, we're all obnoxious. I think they yelled morning. at a neighbor through the fence once because they were fuck yelling something. But I think they were just having an episode. I'm like, why don't you shut up or something? <laughs> and like a week later, the cops were yeah at my house. So <laughs> I would say it was probably that one. That yeah. incident. <laughs> so then, did anything? come oh. did your girl get charged with any? yeah so i got a few charges she got charged just because we were over and uh it all got dropped i just like went to court one day and they're like you're not on the roster call the da call the da and i called in every week and it all got dropped they never nice. nothing ever came of it i never even stood in front of a judge in any way Fucking Do you think somewhere they're like, the kid's got talent, let him go? <laughs> nah, it's because I had a card, and it, it'd be a stupid hard case to fight. Like, a lawyer could get you out of it. I'm sure there's precedent somewhere out there. If somebody had a card and was over, no. they're not going to get any real charges out of it. Yeah. So it was more slap your hand, and we're going to fuck up your plants. It was more like, yeah. behave yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when I realized you got to stay on top of your own paperwork because <laughs> I was trusting everybody to do my paperwork for me. I was like, I hate paperwork. I'll grow the weed. Everybody do their paperwork. Just be honest with me. And yeah, you guys be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fucked that up. For yeah, you. <laughs> definitely. But, uh, that, that shut me down for a while. 
Um, I didn't get back into growing. Uh, well, I grew a little bit there for a little bit longer for myself and somebody else. And then um, I think we ended up moving and I stopped growing. I didn't have a nice garage growing. Mm. And uh, didn't get back into it till it's probably like 28, so like four or five years out of it. What Just, did you uh, do? I was plumbing for a little bit and then around when the recession hit i lost my plumbing job i got a dui and lost my plumbing job because i couldn't drive and uh it was a really hard to get a job as an apprentice plumber and i got into glass blowing and uh completely stopped plumbing just blew glass for like a few years um growing weed on the side just at a medical grow i was helping out this dude that was kind of handicapped couldn't do it so i was helping him out and he was you know splitting the crop with me and uh did that for a while, and then ended up getting into extracting, and then that took over my life. And <laughs> stopped blowing glass. You know, I blew glass for three or four years. It was really fun. I loved doing it. That's if you know, if I could get anything back, it'd be that. Really? But uh, yeah. What'd you like about that? It's just a really peaceful thing to do. I don't know. That's you what can I just yeah, zone no, out and blow glass. Said, it's so, just it's yeah. like probably the most fun I've had as a job. Hmm. But it didn't pay the bills for me. <laughs> It is funny here. There's such a wealth of glass in this town. Yeah, I got hooked up with a dude that had been blowing blown for almost like 10, 15 years, and he just taught me, you know, everything. He was awesome. This dude's styles. Nice, yeah. yeah. It's it, a cool name. It's where, it's where the, you know, like uh, pipes and everything started in Eugene, like yeah. uh, heady pipes and all that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Glass. Like the fucking, the way glass is around here, it's some of the best glass and the world but then everybody's like i can't make money with it here and it's like yeah it's all here but as soon as like they get it out of the state or go other places and people are like oh shit i'll pay a lot of money for that marketing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> branding that's all it is you gotta branding. market and branding yourself you gotta look at it like a business i was just looking at it as a a job a job yeah what, what did it teach you about marketing and branding that you then brought into the cannabis industry? Uh, I haven't brought a whole lot of marketing or branding of my own <laughs> into the <laughs> cannabis industry. Uh, when we were doing extracts, we had a bit more money. And, like, you know, I spent quite a bit on uh, just stickers and, like, trying to get my name out there. I never got any radio things or nothing. But, like, we spent a lot of money on at first. But. Uh, honestly, when it transferred from medical over into rec, I had a lot less money, <laughs> and I spent a bit at first. Um, I got my logo down. We have a solid logo, but um, we ran. We were spending like two grand a month, and as the building started going on, we ran out of that. And I was like, eh. that's kind of the first thing to go. Unfortunately, no. that's what happens with a lot of small businesses. You know, when when the overhead starts rocking, people are like, all right, fuck marketing, fuck advertising. I got I got to pay to actually have a place to do my business, you know. But I guess what you're asking, um, it is worth it if you have the money to spend on it. Like it's the most important thing. So, so you you were hinting at it. What was the move from the medical to the recreational? Like you were growing. You uh, said that you started doing extracts too. What was you know? How well, did that yeah. work? Well, I was uh, blowing glass, so um, the glass moved from flower bowls and, you know, flower pieces for smoking weed um, and a little tiny bit, like 10% oil pieces. Like when I first started, 10% oil pieces, 90% flour. Within six months, it was 99% oil and 
1% flower pieces. Like, it blew up on the internet. It was insane. Like, yeah. I don't know if you were on the internet when fucking oil first dropped, but it was insane. Everybody lost their minds. So many videos. It. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, and so I was just kind of watching that, and I'd been messing around with uh, hash since, fuck, you know, since I was 23. In between those years when I wasn't growing, I'd mess around with a little bit of butane i had the glass blowing friends so i had them knock me out you know big old glass tubes and we just so many weird dumb experiments before <laughs> i even saw it on the internet like just like nasty and then i saw people doing it proper on the internet i'm like oh there's ways to clean it up and whatever so just start doing it i started making money the prices on oil were insane at the beginning so yeah and somebody else had a little bit more had a little bit of capital and they had a, a closed loop system and once I got on the closed loop system, I shut everything else down, like the glass and all that. Mm. Started pumping out oil, and I still had my little medical grow. And then I cut all that off. I let um, somebody else took over helping my buddy mm. and uh, just focused on oil because it was good money. We were trying to build a business. And then when one day all the rules changed on one day. Um, really? They're like, yeah. One day. And one day I went up to Portland at this meeting, and uh, this meeting was mainly about processing. And they explained, one of the dudes from OLCC there, and he explained in no uncertain terms that if you do not have an OLCC license, it is a felony to process oil. I was up there, I'm like, yeah, let's check out the new rules. Yeah, I'm like, keep up with this. <laughs> I was all, huh? Huh? What? what? And then they're all, yeah, you got to put it in an application. You got to get approved and all this. And, uh, we were still looking for a building we could get approved at. The building we were at originally was uh, too close to a school. or It was in the wrong zoning. I don't think it was too close to school, wrong zoning. The zoning was really, really hard for processing. And we yeah. were trying to find. We got shut down from probably 30, 35 or 40 different places we applied to. Um, trying to find a spot to rent. Um, but we didn't have a whole lot of money behind us. You know, It was just me and him. We didn't have our money in the bank. Definitely it was sitting in a safe. So we kind of looked like broke asses. So the applications <laughs> weren't going awesome. We we're like, fuck, we could pay like you know a couple years up front, whatever. Um, but it didn't work out, and we ended up. I said, fuck it, I want a license. I don't care what sort of license. I want a license, and uh, I set up a couple greenhouses and got a farm going and applied for my OCC license. And that's where you're at now. Yeah. What uh, was it easier? applying for the gardening license the farming license then we got lucky we knew this really cool couple out in harrisburg that wanted to rent to us um and the zoning was right i thought i was going to be able to the plan was to just go ahead and get the farm going it was less cost like the overhead for setting up a lab is insane no um how much uh i guessed at the time it would have been 250 for me and uh Everything that I guess kind of was double or more, so it'd be at least five hundred plus. I mean, we sp- the amount we spent on our farm was stupid. Just setting because it's bare land. We had drop electrical, everything, yeah. greenhouses, all the gas, everything. It was I, a lot. I know when we we bought a farm and uh, what we thought it was going to be was extremely different what it ended up to be. Like we had already had electrical out looking at it, yeah. being like it would be this and this. And then when they showed up for the second time to look at it and they saw our greenhouses, they were like, actually, you're going to have to pay 80% up front. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot. We had to move our whole farm once, too. I had both greenhouses set up, all the electrical dropped, set up. I wasn't ready for wreck, but we were, it was towards the end of, I had already set that up, like, during medical. We were getting it prepped for wreck, and then we had disagreement with that landlord. And uh, over a lease that I had my lawyers put together, they thought it was too technical sounding. They wanted an easy one. I was like, I can't do that. This is my <laughs> business. And uh, so that fell apart. And uh, that's when we got together with the other people and we had to move the whole farm. I mean, it was just all costly, unfortunately. So and I thought I was going to be able to set up processing where I was. And then the county denied it. They said I can only do water bubble hash, water hash. No, wow. nothing explosive, which is what I did with butane. Butane, yeah. So... My just plan has just been, you know, like <laughs> what keeps you going with it then? I, I really enjoy growing weed. Um, I enjoy working with the plant, and I like working for myself. I've already, I've invested quite a, quite a bit of uh, time, and effort, you know, and uh, I think that you know we got an, I don't know. I see I see a possibility of this year I see us coming up uh pretty good. Doing um a lot better in the past couple of years. I don't know, it's uh constantly getting better, mm -hmm. I think. I mean you're learning invaluable information. Like yeah. for me when people ask me that I'm always like, Well, this is the only job I've had where uh dude two weeks out of high school can't replace me. Like yeah. this is like the thing where I'm like, Oh man, this is what I'm good at. This is what I know. I need to just keep pushing through it all, even when it's like, oh fuck, I think I hate this. And it's like, oh, no, you love it. Yeah, you know, we all. I think a lot of people are kind of looking forward towards, you know, national legal legalization and stuff like that. Uh, you know, we look forward towards that mm -hmm. being pretty cool. I think um, for the yeah, open <laughs> everything up and save us a little bit. I had a lot of side projects over the past couple of years. I was working with the hemp and other people just uh, consulting on extracting because I have quite a bit of knowledge in it, even though I don't have my own currently. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about it, and I keep up with a lot of current stuff, so I did some consulting with hemp, and I really wasn't at my farm much over the past uh, year or so, so it's good being back there now full-time. What, what does it do for you when you know how good you are at extracting? and you know you're very capable of doing it and because of the way that the laws are kind of based it made it hard to impossible for you to get that and then you go and you consult for somebody else and you're like man i'd be doing way better than this <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> I, I don't know the the consulting money was real helpful keeping the farm running when we weren't making any money so that was nice uh it's it's frustrating it's always frustrating and like you know um but whatever, I just, I I guess I got hope that someday I'll have my own. You know, I I haven't lost hope yet on that. I mean, you, you grow beautiful flower. I always love seeing it on Instagram. And, you know, you brought some, so I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm very excited. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. But, yeah. What, but it sounds like you've wanted to do this thing that you were – real good at from the jump before anybody else and then the state was like not yet and you're like all right yeah you know fuck you i'll wait a lot of other people that you know there are quite a f it's i'm not you know i'm not saying i'm the best or none of that stuff there's a couple other people that were in around same time as me same scene back before it got so 
you know, legal that actually did get, um, they had the money and they were able to get going and they're crushing it. They're doing great. You know, I think that's awesome to see people that were at the same stage, you know, at one point blasting fucking butane through a tube. Now they own killer businesses. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, yeah. I like that. Uh, and I, I guess I still see myself there at some point. So, um, in the near future, we're our main thing we got. They opened up something on the legal side where, I think you can do microprocessing at your farm for the whole craft thing, and that's what we're going with at our farm is a craft. Oh, that'd be dope. You know, yeah. so we can do, uh, you know, bubble and live bubble and uh, rosin, you know. Do you, so do I'd you like, to like do that. the ice hash stuff? That's mainly what I buy from the store these days. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, can you do that at your farm? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could do that. They like got some sort of new provision where I can do it without uh without actually getting the full processing license. You know, just I, but I can't process for other farms. I can only process my farm stuff, which is my whole goal. That's why growing greenhouses is not indoor because my whole goal is. That's why. I started into it because I want to have awesome shit to process into yeah, oil yeah. and stuff, you know. But flour, there's a way better market for flour if you're not processing your own shit. Your for own sure. Herb. Yeah. It, uh, it is interesting to to hear how you pivot, and every time you pivot, you get something successful where you're like, ah, I was plumbing. And then I started growing weed, and I couldn't grow weed, so I started doing glass, and I did well with glass, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to go <laughs> blast yeah. shit. But it's all cannabis-based. Yes. Yeah. Except for plumbing. It's kind of. Plumbing. I've smoked out of the plumbing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I turned many pipes into quick pipes. Many yeah. <laughs> sections into quick pipes of the plumbing truck, for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, plumbing. I did uh, blue-collar stuff um, when I was younger, like early I don't know. I did like a little bit of concrete work. And then when I first moved to Eugene, how I got into plumbing, I was just, uh, I went down to, you know, a temp agency and I ended up with a job at a plumbing warehouse. And some guy saw me busting my ass there or something, offered me a job. He's like, hey, you want to come plumb? I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't want to work here. I hate this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, what, what, what have you seen? eugene go through with the cannabis market like where you were at the beginning of the medical days and then now that it's in wreck have you seen eugene grow in the same ways that the cannabis market has or is it separate intertwined not noticeable um i don't know i think i think it's intertwined i don't know it seems like eugene and springfield both have upgraded quite a bit since legalization i don't know if that was already happening i don't know if that's tax money or i don't know what it is but uh um i see it as a positive uh there's definitely way too many stores at one point that's the only thing <laughs> i'll say could use less stores but um other than that i don't know dude i didn't haven't really noticed it much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not like a huge part of the industry. I just do like I got to get out and do more industry stuff. Like uh, I really kept to myself, and just like n just work a lot, man. I put in. I don't know. I worked six hours. Today. I work, you know, fifty plus hours a week every week for sure. But but you're a person yeah. in this community. You're yeah, a human being here who's you know seen what's happened with this town and been in the cannabis market, you know, so. Definitely think it's been a positive. Uh, when the cannabis, been, 
when the market goes down, it seems like it's it's rough for everybody around here <laughs> but everybody i know is in the cannabis you know like a couple of years ago when outdoor prices dropped all the way down to 400 bucks yeah. saw a lot of people leave where'd they go i don't know <laughs> they left Eugene. i don't know where people go when they leave here back home they never tell you where they're going <laughs> they just go back, back home i don't know <laughs> Prices were rough there for really a fucking bad. Even for indoor, indoor was so low. Dude, just like, even in the rec- I got indoor for eight. I'm like, what? Yeah, crazy. The, even in the rec market, eight to the thousand. I was, we I had a there. chunk. Yeah, I was selling my greenhouse at eight. Mm. I'm, I'm up a little bit above that now, so it's nice, but not. You know, we're our stuff is you know steadily getting better, so you know we got to go a little bit higher than we're at, but uh, yeah. It's moved up. It seems like the black market and the recreational market move up and down almost together. Huh, that's strange. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? I, I had no idea. <laughs> when I walked in and bought something here in Portland when I landed on Thursday, what I got and how much I paid, I, I, I didn't think about it because I just dropped it and then left. And I was doing the math in my head about what I would do in L.A. And I was like, oh, that would have cost me like twice as much as I just paid. It's insane. <laughs> so stop bitching, you guys. <laughs> yeah, Oregon has the best prices in the country. Yes. Period. And the best weed. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I tried a few few spots in California that are pretty well known on Instagram and everything else. And they did not compare to some of the weed here in Oregon. It does not. A good friend of mine grew up in Humboldt. And I did try some amazing, amazing rosin in California two different times. That really? Oil, de- definitely on par with anything I've tried in Oregon. What, what was the company? Um, one was Cookies LA. Um, right. One of their papayas was amazing, and the other one was, uh, uh, I think it's like Third Coast or... Third Gen Farms or something, the Skittles guys. That was their oh melon man. bread. It was so good. <laughs> the Skittles guys make great fucking. Yeah, I don't know, right. but there it I'd tasted like, like melons. It was insane. Oh, Slee knows how to like. He's just good at music, like just laying down. That's how producer Slee just laying down those, like, just taking us from what we were doing to something else and mm. subconsciously enjoying it. You know what I mean? Mike? That's so nice. It's so nice. So, like we said, we are going to break this episode into two parts because the two nerds kind of lost their goddamn minds. Uh, I don't. I, I told you, you guys can't hear me because I ceased to be. Why they went off when their eyes met? It was it was like just these two wizards exchanging information in ones and zeros. Uh, so, first of all, I love Riley because he's one of the. I think he's the person we interviewed that has done the most cannabis adjacent things too. Like like he was a glass blower, and we don't even have time to get into Eugene. Oregon glass blowing scene. 
No, not at all. But there is a great documentary that I uh, tell people to go out and watch. It's called Degenerate Art, the art of glass blowing. It takes place mostly in Eugene. You get to find out about the Snodgrass family and all those people. So they should check it out just to see how all-encompassing cannabis Who's is in Eugene. Okay, we don't have time, but the snod- I'm sure the Snodgrass family. Like, it's just... When you give information, it's like you're asking more questions for me. You're like, here's the thing that it's just a you're you're like a human YouTube where it's just just rabbit holes you can make me go down. So so we won't even click on the next video. And we're about to. So then he goes from blowing glass to extract. And I let and I know enough about extract that I don't care. If that makes sense, where it's like, okay, I don't need to get that high all the time. But I also knew, he, you guys seem to be on the forefront. What you used to call it? Buddha's earwax? Buddha's earwax. Uh, so back in the day when I first came upon it, that's what I knew it as. It was kind of like a waxy, greenish kind what years? of uh, type what of years? paste. When you say back in the day. I mean, so back in the day, it's 2010, 2011, okay. around then. Um, I was sitting in my friend's greenhouse, and we had a long glass cylinder that you would pack with tons of uh, grinded up cannabis. And then you would take uh, the little butane uh, containers that you can get at any head shop to fill up a lighter or anything like that. And you would blast it through that tube. So you would just be sitting there shooting out and emptying tons of uh, butane canisters through that pipe and it would come down through the cannabis and then uh, the bottom of the glass tube had a bunch of holes in it and it would extract out the THC and some of the plant matter back in those days and it would all end up in a Pyrex dish which you would then take into the house and let a small amount of heat underneath it end up purging and burning off some of the butane. Um, now, from those days, we've moved to closed loop systems, which um, you know has been talked about on this podcast, where you can reclaim your BHO, your uh, butane, and other types what of things. What are you talking about? So just know that that's kind of how the sausage is made whenever you're going in to take a dab. Whenever you're uh, doing oil rigs or anything like that, that's the process that goes into it. Gotcha. That that they can't make it near kids uh, because it, it can explode. No. Uh, it's highly dangerous. Wasn't that what uh, Adam was talking about? In the last episode, when his friend was like, man, this seems dangerous. And he's like, oh, it's like real dangerous. That's what he was talking about, like doing the tube thing you're talking about, right? Oh, yeah. So the tube thing is what's called open blasting, which is literally just holding extremely flammable uh, containers of butane and pushing it through a glass container through cannabis. So if it blows up, it works really well as like uh, shards of glass just ripping through your body. So not really the safest. Oh, so yeah. Um, like So if it goes well, we'll get really high. If it goes bad, we're, we're going to create a shrapnel bomb that will kill most of us. 
Exactly. I mean, just even now, still in 2020, last year I had a friend uh, who was doing some blasting himself, you know, uh, at his own house just for himself, and it ended up exploding, and he had third-degree burns over a good portion of his body and is still wearing compression suits oh, right now. God damn. Um, so you guys, I mean, your pioneers, your astronauts, your test pilots, your jackasses. I mean, you're like all these things. Whereas, like, I just, it's just, I think because I, I don't question it as much as I, as probably most people are like, so why are y'all just like, growing weed and all of a sudden you're like let's put butane in a tube and see if we can get higher but i grew up on a farm like my grandpa raised cattle and i was grew up in a rural area so like all that is like yeah that's just this just seems like a pretty gradual that's just how that works out yeah they just found themselves one day putting these things together and that's why we have dabs now because a farmer couldn't find a zippo so he put a fucking his butane down the tube so we have dabs now and someone like riley uh sees the opportunity there i mean he starts talking about all the money you guys were making from it because it just exploded pun intended and then but then <laughs> but then there's like there's there's like this <laughs> devastating part where it's like corporations get involved and the state get involved and he just shows up and he's like uh yeah you can't do it anymore because you gotta have a bazillion dollars and he was like oh but but a lot of my friends lost their fingers doing this well and i mean that's the hard part about it is, is going from something that's an illegal uh, truly open market to now being one of the most overregulated markets i do see some of the good reasons for regulations and i do see some of the bad stuff it's somebody like riley who's been doing this since the beginning who's perfected this before most people even smoked anything you know butane or you know dabs in their life he was already perfecting the way that they did it but what ended up happening is the olcc which is the governing body of the cannabis market here in oregon came along and said no more open blasting we don't care if you guys have medical cards we don't care if you've had a business working in the medical industry for the last two years you guys can't do any open blasting until we figure out the safest and most scrutinized way to go about it so a lot of people who were making dabs and oil and stuff like that ended up kind of losing out in the market because they didn't have the half a million dollars to put into building a lab that had blast secure rooms i mean you and i we got our friends here up in uh, eugene white label extracts they have one of the nice labs in the entire state i've taken tours of it and it's insane they have these blast rooms that every piece of electronical or electrical uh engineering has no sparks no way of blowing up the entire facility and that is kind of the next level that we had to take but then for people who don't have funds people who don't have the ability to move into that they kind of get screwed and left behind which is not uh, special to the cannabis industry. That is, that happens in every no. every wonderful capitalistic society industry. So, 
Thank. Okay, so you've. I don't have any more questions. I don't think about this one. We're gonna get into part two, and then I'll have more questions. I guarantee it. So enjoy part two of the rally interview. picking up weed and coming up here and selling it and now everybody's taking the Oregon weed and going down to California <laughs> and selling it. <laughs> well so back in the day it was like uh, the the cave <laughs> cave junction right yeah. down the yeah. border. I, I never so messed with Cave Junction. I always scary. I'd go down to Paradise. Paradise <laughs> is my spot man I was burnt down. <laughs> it's scary but yeah it was bringing it all up. Definitely in the Humboldt area bringing it up here. And then selling it around here, which was insane. Like, here's more weed on top of the weed we have. Mm. It's all gone? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> was there uh, you know, was there a lot of hustling back in the day to supplement yeah. grows and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, tons of hustling. That's like it seemed like it was almost as much I sold way more of everybody else's weed than mine. Like, <laughs> you know, I had four lights. <laughs> I never I never had you know, I had four, maybe one time I had six or seven, you know, like I didn't have Ton of lights, yeah. yeah. You know, it was, you just had what your house had. You couldn't, you just had to steal your freaking washer, dryer, freaking <laughs> power, whatever it was, dryer power. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, definitely a lot more of selling other people's stuff. I I used to get involved in that. It, it it would go in waves though, you know. Like, uh, I just had a little spot down there where I could get a good price on it, and uh, when they dry up, I. And then every once in a while, people just disappear, and you're like, what the fuck? Yep. I can't count on that money, God <laughs> That's I had a g- girl who had a daughter, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take care of these people. And then I was like, oh, okay, I got to hustle a lot more. Well, this isn't very sturdy market. <laughs> I always kept a job, though, too. I almost always had a job. Oh, yeah. That's why I like you, is you're one of the few people who, like, Sometimes weed growers and people in the weed industry, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to grow. I'm going to do this and that. And, like, I always like the hustlers who have multiple things going on at the same time. Like, where we met at the grow shop, people are like, if you were a good grower, you wouldn't have to work here. And I was like, I get a regular paycheck here (laughs) and get to meet people. (laughs) I have two streams of money. It's crazy. (laughs) An eggs in one basket type of person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the weed was like back then. I never even like. Yeah, at first I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make a ton of money out of this, you know. And I kind of realized how much, you know. I'm like, well, whatever. It's not a ton of money. It's definitely you know extra money, and it's mm-hmm. cool. But it's always fun. Like I've, it's always fun to grow weed. Like my plants just went from week one to week two, and now they got little fucking <laughs> sweet things on them. And I'm like, oh, it's it's always fun. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, every time. What's what's the fun process of it? Watching it go from just a boring green plant to big old dank nuggets that (laughs) I want to smoke. Like, I love that. Like, uh, trying to get a perfect run. Like, it's, you know, you got four months of a plant's life. We're dealing with some outside elements and all that. Trying to dial it in to have a perfect run in an imperfect environment. What's, what Do you have little markers for each year that you've had to deal with a different pest? Like, I'm like, oh, I remember the root aphid year. I remember the fucking cyclamites year. <laughs> never dealt with that. I dealt with uh, a small, 
really small infestation of russets, but it, really? we we killed it quick. We just killed so all the plants and burnt them. Oh, that's smart. That's yeah. I cut them all down and put them in trash bags and then burned the trash bags. I <laughs> 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 heard of somebody getting murdered though. <laughs> <laughs> that's <this is> tracks. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, mites. It was mites first at our farm, and then we, you know, just figured out something for that. And it seemed like once we were done with that, it's the fucking aphids are. Aren't they fun? Nope. They're fun to squish, but yeah, other than that, they're not fun at all. Yeah, I'll spend a couple hours just going around. We did pyrethums in the oh. mom room. Um, it's nice because we're a lot more segregated in our place. So we have the mom room at one end of the facility. The next room's the veg. And then we have four flowering rooms as everything pushes out to the uh, drying area. So we're just like constantly like, well, if we see a problem, we can cycle through it. That's where I'm getting my farm to for the past, you know, since we started. They are, we have always just uh, taken clones before we flower, you know, just go and take a bunch of clones. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, we almost got moms for the three or four strains that I want to keep, plus the new ones we're bringing in. Mm. I'm like, look, no more. We got to start here, go this room, this room, greenhouse, this room, this room. You know, we have a mom room and a clone room that just get completely all mixed up. But we're getting that lined out. It's, you know, it just takes time. It's it's a whole process. Um, yeah. It's fun because... Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the guy I partnered with, we got together because of oil. He had never been a medical grower. So <laughs> he has been managing the farm while I'm running around doing my oil stuff. Um, the man consulting. With it, with it. And, you know, we had a guy on before that he pretty much learned everything from. That guy just, you know didn't know what he's talking about kind of pulled the wool over our eyes you know really well, i had like yeah this big old hemp dream i thought i was gonna crush it on this giant you know two ton a day freaking hemp processing facility and then just you know i wasn't worried about the farm like that's small potatoes i'm gonna make x amount of money a year on this who gives yeah, a fuck yeah. and uh just kind of ignored it you know and then it's i don't know we're almost back up to running awesome yeah i mean i've constantly only seeing good things come out of your farm yeah it's I mean, getting better and better all beautiful sure. flower i i never feel like my task is complete though either where i'm always like ah yeah yeah on top of it you know it's just one guy plus his helper taking care of it and even with me there we still fall behind it's a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of work way too much work for two people so i can't even imagine i mean uh, uh, we're less than 4,000 square feet, and it's just two of us taking care of it. And it's a lot of running around to try and get all the fucking shit done. Yeah. Plus, he does all the metric, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Metric's ridiculous. <laughs> How do you expound upon that? Um, I don't do any of it. He does it all. I can't. I don't know. It shuts down all the time. He learned it all, so... I just let him deal with it, but it shuts down all the time. We do it all on an iPad out there. It's just, it's rough. Out in the middle of nowhere trying to walk yeah. around with an iPad. You'll have everything loaded up for, like, you know, a whole bunch of items. You have to type everything out, and then all of a sudden it'll, you know, time you out of your session for no reason. <laughs> you got to redo everything. None it makes it, it better. Technology makes it easier. Right? <laughs> yeah. I've always said with farming, all you need is technology and computers <laughs> to make it easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my partner, Abe, I don't know. He's a good guy. He's handled it out there for quite a while. 
What What do you think is one thing you'd want the outside world to understand about cannabis and working with it in the industry? In the industry? Mm-hmm. Or just, just all together? All together. Anything that pops all to- out. All together, I think everybody should, you know, check it out at their house and try it out. Grow a couple plants every summer. Get your own little head stash going, you know. Um, as far as the industry, if you didn't, if you don't have like a bunch of money, it's rough. Uh, we had our, you know, our nice stash of oil money because oil prices used to be crazy. I remember when I was sending it to Kansas, getting ten thousand dollars a pound for. I, yeah, I was just sitting on my butt here in town, getting six, seven thousand dollars a pound, not sending it anywhere. You know, like I was selling it to people like you, yeah. in like. That's crazy now. Yeah. It's insane. Um, so we we stacked up a lot of money. Me and my partner was like more uh business side of things. That's why I partnered with him because he's always been really good with money and stuff like that. That was one of the main reasons I wanted to partner with him. And he uh put us on a small salary from the beginning. Still on a fairly small salary, and I think that's you know, that's helped a lot. Yeah. Don't expect to make a crap ton of money. Starting in it, expected to spend a bunch of money getting going. <laughs> uh, if you're serious about going to the, yeah, you just spend a bunch of money for a few years on the legal side of things. It is funny. One of the recurring themes in this podcast is when we ask, you know, growers and producers, like, oh, what would you tell regular people? Everybody always says, uh, get them to grow their own stuff. Why do you think people who make money off of providing a service for other people are like, Oh, you guys should do this even if it costs me money because it's it, so fucking great. Yeah, it's great to mm-hmm. you grow a plant. It can be like a between a four to you know six month process, but you're gonna see it go from this little twig if you get a clone or whatever, yeah. or a tiny tiny seed if you got a seed. <laughs> and when it's done, it's gonna be six feet tall and you know, a pound of weed on it. Maybe it's uh it's an it's an amazing process to watch mm-hmm. and to go through. You know, um, I think everybody, you know, I don't live in an apartment. I don't have a garden at my house, which sucks. You know, I think everybody just growing stuff is fun. So I like gardening. I've always had a garden when I had a house. So I think growing stuff is just good. Good therapy. Good to watch. It's calming. So calming. It's very calming. Being around plants is calming. Like anything, like any sort of greenhouse. You can go to just like a a nice... uh, What's a regular greenhouse well, for, <laughs> for regular plants that you plant nursery. in your yard? A nursery. nursery. <laughs> you know, regular plants, not cannabis plants. <laughs> street plants. Uh, street plants. Type of greenhouse. Name of the podcast: Street Plants. <laughs> street plants. Gangster plants. Um. Yeah. And uh, I don't know the industry. Make friends in the industry. Don't make enemies. Ooh, have you made enemies? Um, more friends than enemies. You know. I think so. I was about to say I don't think I know anybody that doesn't like you. There's a couple out there. <laughs> there always is. It's just uh, yeah. It was it's more of a numbers game though. So yeah, way more way more friends than enemies. You know. <laughs> That's the goal. Yes. You know, it's way more easier to just stay friends with people than to like I don't know. Being mad. Stay out of the nonsense and the drama. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah, yeah. It's Too like much life's space. hard enough. Why we gotta be mad all the yeah. time? That's the, all I wanted to say in this whole thing. 
Yeah, that's, that's all I say. That works. It's great. Yeah. It's impactful. <laughs> Bugs make me mad enough. I don't need to be mad at people. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep, man. And he did it. I love that. That's perfect. Good night, everybody. guys that was part two i'm sure if you're like me the first thing i just want to ask you right out of the gate right out of the gate ten thousand to kansas what the fuck does that mean <laughs> so it's really kind of cool to see how dabs kind of took over the market really quick um so like back in the day uh you know you have people come over and trim your weed and then they'd be like hey can I just take this trim home and I want to make cookies and you'd be, you give them like bags of trim for free being like, yeah, just take this, go make some butter, go make some edibles with it. And then once dabs came onto the market, uh, a pound of trim went through the roof and it was like crazy expensive. It'd be like $400 for just a pound of trim stuff that we used to throw out and compost. And then we'd take the trim and we would make dabs out of it, the actual oil. And right when this stuff first started going off, my friend who lived out here was originally from Kansas, and he had a guy who would buy pounds of oil, $10,000 a pound when it first started. Oh, man. Um, uh. It would cost $2,000 to make, so it's like an $8,000 profit. Um, so uh, <laughs> I was partnering up with him, and uh, we said one pound out, this was more than seven years ago. We would send mm -hmm. one pound out, um, and then we got the $10,000 for it. We thought it was dope as fuck. We did it a second time. He then got greedy, cut me out, because once he had enough money, you know, we were making $4,000. Like that movie out. Blow. Yeah. Like that movie Blow, dude. He, it was after the second time he, he cut pee -wee, me out. He Pee-wee herman you. He pee -wee That's just part of the, the shit out of me. It's part of the part game. Of the damn business. It is. It's a but, very. It's a part you don't think about until it happens. But then he got Pee Wee Hermand. I guess that's a new. Of verb. course, everyone does. And now he's just an arborist, and I'm still in the cannabis market. So. Ah. Uh, that's a beautiful story, kind of. <laughs> so. Another. It's a quote. Just to explain what. And I'm going to get it wrong. Microprocessing on your farm craft beer. I don't understand. He said it in a way that was just like, yeah, man. That's how, and I don't understand. What was he talking about? So, I mean, Oregon as a whole is very agricultural based. And so, like, even out here, um, they'll allow people to, like, brew ciders and brew different things on their farms if they're growing apples, anything else like that. Um, so moving forward, some of the laws that we're looking at is allowing for microprocessing. Um, right now, if you grow cannabis, if you send the trim out or the bud out to a processor who turns it into dabs or anything else like that, you basically can't get it back. 
you can't even do any of that on site. So if you're a farm and you're growing cannabis, you can't turn it into bubble hash, you can't turn it into dabs, you can't turn it into rosin or any of those things. You have to allow somebody else who's sanctioned through the state to do it. So now they're looking at for mom and pop homies to allow them to start doing a small percentage of it uh, on their own farm and allowing you to actually do your own product and turn your own product into bubble hash or dabs or rosin or any of those things. Cool. I'm glad I asked that question because I thought it was something totally different than what you were talking about. So, God, I love this podcast. Uh <laughs> And I'm going to rate and review it, and all of you guys should, too. Uh, unless you don't like it, then don't fucking review it or rate it. Just go about your day. But if you love it, review it. Let us know. I think that helps with the, the algorithm. Also, we have an Instagram, uh, Grown Local Pod. Hit us up. We'll start posting more and more stuff there. Uh, we, You can find the people we interview there if they have an Instagram. I don't think Riley has anything. He might have a Facebook I don't know. You can look that up. Uh, I know he doesn't have an Instagram. But, uh, Mike, where can people find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at CarmichaelLot, K-A-R-M-I-C-A-E-L-A-L-O-T. Jesus <laughs> Christ, every time, dude. Or just check out the company's uh, Instagram, King's Cannabis, on Instagram. Uh, you can see the beautiful bud that I grow, and uh, you can follow me on my weekly job of just fucking growing weed. It's dope. It is dope. It's one of my favorite accounts I follow. You can find me at Billy Wayne Davis on Twitter and Instagram, or just Google my name if you want to find out anything else about me. I'm sure it's a fucking out there. You guys have been so wonderful. Thank you. Pass this, spread this whole thing around. Uh, if you have, if we talked about something that you we didn't answer, or you still got questions, hit us up uh, at the Instagram or uh, at one of our Twitters or whatever, and we'll try to answer that. If you ask me, I'll just forward it to Mike mostly and be like, Mike, this smart person needs a good answer, and I'm I'm gonna fail them. I'd but love to educate y'all, so hit us up. Hit us up. Thank you so much. We really love doing this. And have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you, Slee. Love you guys.